Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. This is Popcorn Podcast with Lee and Tim, and in this episode, we're reviewing Mulan, plus all the latest movie and trailer news. Alright, let's get into it, Tim. We saw Mulan. There's been a bit of controversy around this because Disney decided to release it straight to their streaming service instead of putting it in cinemas. What did you think? Well, look... I mean, yeah, this film was meant to come out in March of 2020. It's now September. It's had all these release dates about coming Mm. for a theatrical release. Now we've been able to watch it on Disney+. And I don't know about you, but this is a film that I grew up with. The original animated musical classic came out in 1998. I was greatly anticipated. I was very nervous. And I was really happy to watch it. It was epic in scale and scope absolutely mm. what, what did you initially feel about it oh we should have got this movie on the big screen we should so have right. got it in the cinema yeah i mean i think it's worth the money to see it definitely but it needs to be seen on a bigger screen as you said the scale was epic the locations alone were amazing yeah it's shot between new zealand and mainland china this film really lent into being like shot on location and really leaning into the feeling and emotion Mm. that mountains and landscape and terrain actually play a part in telling a story. It was just such a powerful, powerful way that this film looked visually. The sets, the costumes, Lee, like I was absolutely floored. Yeah, I love that they didn't rely on CGI very much in this film. A lot of it was Mm. in camera and special lenses and just, as you said, the epic locations in New Zealand, which you could pick after you knew that. You could see it was New Zealand. but Yeah, definitely. Absolutely amazing. If you aren't familiar with this story, and I'm not sure who wouldn't be, but there might be some... (laughs) people out there. Mulan (laughs) is the story of a young Chinese maiden who disguises herself as a male warrior to join the emperor's imperial army in place of her father. Yeah. And, and directed by Nikki Caro. So this is a, she's a well-renowned 
a director in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. She's directed films like North Country, starring Charlize Theron, Whale Rider, which was a classic from back in 2002. Mm. And more recently, she directed Jessica Chastain in The Zookeeper's Wife. So she's got a lot of, she's played in a lot of different genres and vibes in filmmaking. So Mulan is definitely, without question, the biggest film as a director she's ever tackled mm. from a scale and scope basis. Now, it's changed quite a bit from the animation. Disney have gone in a different direction and not done a straight adaptation or a straight copy, Mm. if you will. Mm. Do you want to talk about the changes? The biggest one, obviously, is that there's no Mushu, the dragon sidekick. Yeah, I think even before we get into Mushu, there's Mm. no, it's not a musical, is it? Right, exactly. And there there was a lot of hearsay, is Mulan a musical? Isn't Mulan a musical? Are they going to bring the music through the orchestral score? Aren't they? Like, how familiar is it going to be Mm -hmm. as a lover of the 98 animated original? And I think that what Disney and the filmmakers decided was to make a much more darker undertone. Would you say darker or would you say maybe truer to tradition? You know what? That's probably a more accurate take on it. Like, truer Mm -hmm. to tradition, leaning into something that felt a bit more raw and real and cultural I suppose Mm. if you will I found that really stunning seeing those beautiful traditions depicted on the screen properly Mm. and one of the other changes is that they've pulled back on the romance aspect of the film again to be a bit more respectful to Chinese tradition but there were still some fun cartoonish moments in there the Ling Po and Cricket the comedic sidekicks were were in there as well but it wasn't too much I really like that they just pulled back a bit yeah sure i mean i I think there's so much about this movie that needs to be celebrated a female director you know leaning into Mm. the cultural traditions of chinese people and about mulan and how maybe her relationship and interaction with her with her parents and, and the men in the film but i can't help but feel somewhat disappointed and there was this void of humor and emotion missing from this movie i mean the the emittance of that layer of her having a companion on her journey did you feel that that was a a missing piece well see she kind of had a companion i don't want to give too much away but mushu was sort of replaced with this icon of a phoenix and i thought that was a nice touch you know nodding to the original but also updating it for this film. Mm, yeah, I think so. It felt like forks from Harry Potter just flying around. <laughs> Did you? Feel, I, feel, I saw the felt the parallels there. No, no. I, there was a moment when it bordered on being just a tiny bit cheesy towards the end there, a little bit on the nose. But um, yeah. I think it was the right choice not to have a character like Mushu because you can see how that would change the whole tone of this movie. Look, the risk that they took was that they, they needed to set the tone. And obviously you've got an animated musical versus the film that they ultimately made and they they had a choice to make and obviously they Mm. went over here rather than over there you know left or right Mm. did you think that it was successful because i mean there are two ways you could look at this film right Mm. in my opinion lee is that you could look at it as a standalone movie that's telling the story of this young woman mulan who sacrifices herself for her father who cannot fight in the war Mm. right she's Mm -hmm. she's there to prove herself through bravery loyalty truth all those all those words that come out in the film but then you can look at it as oh but it's not the same as milan the 98 animated musicals and i think that's a dangerous thing to do in this case i mean when you got Mm. something like the lion king it was very easy to compare because they were almost trying to make a carbon copy and it it was yeah shot for shot almost and it didn't 
work. So what they've done here, I think, is just be really brave with their choices. And I think, yes, I think they have pulled it off. I think the magic of Disney is still there, even without the musical numbers, even without the sweeping romance. There was still a touch of romance there. And I like that Mm. they kept it very chaste, if you will, you know. It seemed fitting. To me, the changes they made, I think, were the right changes and that they fit the story and what they were trying to do. Look, I I do agree with you, Lee. I really do. I just think that from the lens that I watched it, I couldn't look past the fact that you didn't have reflection in there, which really spoke to Mulan's inner turmoil and her sacrifice. Mm. You know, I think it really lacked that heart. I think they tried to be a little bit too serious. And in the end, they lost a bit of the soul for it. However, like as we've discussed, I really loved it, appreciated the scale and the the attention to detail and how beautifully shot it was. Oh my gosh, the cinematographer should be very proud of their work. And can we talk about the stunt team? These guys deserve Oscars. Unreal. Unreal. Also the star of the movie, let me get her pronunciation right. Yefei Lu. I hope I said that right. um, As Mulan, she did most of her own stunts. Yeah. Wow. It's pretty extraordinary. Yeah. She did look incredible in slow motion. Like that hair. (laughs) It's like a Pantene ad. (laughs) Speaking of intimate shots of her, I want to talk about mm. the cinematography for a second because we've danced sure. around the locations and all that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. The cinematography was led by Mandy Walker. And I want to talk specifically about the use of that special lens that they had mm-hmm. that focused on Mulan. You know, sometimes there were some shots where it was like a real focus in on her and the edges of the frame sort of drop away. Yeah. Now, apparently that was a special lens that was made for this movie. Wow. Okay. And I found that really interesting because it just focuses you in on the center of the frame and then it just elegantly dropped away at the sides which i think was just so fitting for this kind of elegant traditional film yeah what a choice i agree there was no bad undercooked underrealized under-resourced shot in this film it was just absolutely beautifully brought to screen and it brings me back to your earlier point lee where Mm. what a loss for us as viewers I mean, we've got our big screen televisions Mm. at home and our great surround sound, but this is another film that just, it's begging for that shared cinema experience. And and I hope that one day we will get that. Do you want to talk about the performances? There's a couple of cameos in there as well. There was a beautiful cameo from Ming-Na Wen, who actually voiced the original Mulan. Did you notice that? Did you catch that? No, I didn't. What was her cameo? She introduced Mulan to the emperor at the end when she was being recognized. Oh, see, I like that. I did not realize that. It's a nice touch. What about the performances in general? Look, I think that the the main actress, she really channeled Mulan really, really beautifully. Mm. And I think that her performance was utterly committed to not only the physical... That climactic fight scene at the end. What did you think about that, her big moment? What the with the bad guy with the emperor yeah. and everything? Honestly, like I just thought it was so beautifully mm. shot. It was just a wonderful experience to watch. I really loved that it was realistic of her capability. You know what I mean? Like what you'd seen her train mm. and do up until that point. It wasn't like she suddenly became a master fighter. She was smart in the way she fought and she used mm. like what was around yeah. her and her own strength. And but it wasn't ridiculous. It felt believable to me yeah for sure and they did set up like the context of chi which pushes the realms of understanding of physics and things so you lean in to accept those more fantastical choices like physically that she made and other people around her so it felt really quite authentic and real that we've alluded to through this review i want to talk about the witch for a second 
I'm not 100% sure mm-hmm. she wasn't in the animation, was she? No. So she was mm. a new character. I guess it was, well, the eagle was in the animated film, but didn't have much of a presence. They were just like eyes over terrain to kind of then go back to the bad guy mm. to say what was going on. But she actually was manifested into this character that quite, that interacted quite yeah. a lot with Mulan. She was played by Lee Gong. I was actually really impressed that as a villain, she was quite three-dimensional. Mm. Yeah. So you actually felt sorry for her? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, she was another woman who was struggling to be taken serious and being respected. Mm. I think that was a really strong theme that was an undertone of this film about, you know, the place within society. You are here to do this. Mm. Men are here to do that. And she, like Milan, was was wanting to push that status quo and those boundaries and, and realise things and the potential of women So she was almost like a tool, I guess, to elevate Mulan's own struggle with a bit of symmetry. Yeah, absolutely. I think it was a nice addition to the story narrative. We also got Donnie Yen as the commander and Jet Li as the emperor. Mm. I didn't even recognize Jet Li, to be honest. I didn't either until like the third (laughs) act. I thought, is that Jet Li? I was kind of second guessing myself. So did you miss the musical numbers? Did it really? To be 100% honest with you, Lee, I missed it with all my heart and soul. And I think that what, what we've talked about is all valid and it's so powerful and important and i think that this movie took a risk and really achieved something in doing something Mm. different not making a carbon copy of an animated classic i just think that the mulan story it leans so heavily into its music and its lyrics and i think some of those impactful moments were lost and i think a few of those changes in the story were really impacted by the fact that it didn't have the music in there and I personally lent in to m- moments in the movie, anticipating them to break out into song and these iconic moments that you just, mm. oh, just you just loved. And I was really hoping to see them realized in a live action context. And I was constantly remind, having to remind myself that it wasn't going to happen. And it was a bit disappointing no. for me. Wasn't that kind of movie? I'm no. sorry. Of course, <laughs> it's not your fault. <laughs> <laughs> How many popcorn kernels would you give Mulan? Look, I think I've given my little kind of wrap up there that I think that the music and the original, the lyrics and that oh, that nostalgia that I just could not shake as a viewer. And despite its scale and absolute beauty in the sets, costume, cinematography, I was left disappointed. So I, I, I am going to give it a two and a half. <gasps> <laughs> oh no, gasp. I'm clutching my pearls, Tim. <laughs> Tim gave a Disney movie two and a half. Oh, actually, well, it's been done before. <laughs> it hurts, Lee. It hurts a lot. But I'm re- I, I'm really keen to, to, to see what you thought in Popcorn Kernels. See, look, the tagline for this film is loyal, brave and true. Mm. And I think that could actually be used to describe this adaptation. It was loyal to the story, brave in the changes that they were making, which I think were pulled off, mm-hmm. and true to the heart of Mulan and a Disney film. I think the magic was there. I'm going to give it four popcorn kernels. Well, you know what, Lee? Like, I'm actually, I'm happy for you that you that you felt that from this movie. And I'm glad that you... <laughs> I don't think you are. <laughs> no, no, no. Honestly, like... I- Like, do I agree with you? No. However, I'm glad that you were able to separate yourself from these filmmakers and creatives trying to push something different. And I'm glad that that resonated with you. And I think that's the beauty of what films do for an audience and how you feel about them. So I'm really glad. It really did. It really took me there. And I felt all the emotions brought a tear to my eye. It was beautiful. Really beautifully done. 
So Mulan is available to stream on Disney Plus through Premiere Access. Now let's move into news, Tim. We got a new poster and trailer for No Time to Die. I know you're really excited about this one. Look, we did. And I think on the podcast a couple of months ago when the first of well, one of the first trailers came out, I was a bit underwhelmed. It seemed like a bit of a hot mess of a trailer. But hold me down. This trailer <laughs> absolutely floored me. It was action, yeah. action, action, action. And it was aesthetically like, whoa, this is the movie of the year to see in screens. Yeah. It's like a gun and he's kicking someone. He's slamming into a wall. He's looking bedraggled. He's pointing the gun. <laughs> the music's there. Like it was, it had everything. It's all there. It had everything. It had everything Bond and more. And I think we're in for an absolute treat. This is kind of Daniel Craig's last tip of the Bond hat. Like I'm really keen to mm. see him go out with a bang. Literally, probably. Who knows? <laughs> Bring on November 12th. It's just around the corner. Now, this is interesting and it's developing as these things are with COVID-related movie news as we've leaned (laughs) into heavily this year. Production has halted on the Batman again just days after filming resumed because Robert Patterson, the star, Bruce Wayne Batman, has reportedly tested positive to COVID-19. I mean, who would... This is just devastating news. You don't have a movie without our pats. <laughs> bring back get him healthy uh, bring back our pats 14 days quarantine just smash it out hashtag prayers for our pats <laughs> but apparently uh, as this news has developed they're still continuing production but they're kind of using mm. his body double and you know second units and all these sorts of things so they can stay as much on on schedule as possible while yeah. their main main man is quarantining And look, at the end of the day, we joke about this, but it is quite serious. So, you know, we wish him all the best getting well and back into work soon. 100%. Now, let's talk about the after series for some reason. The stars. (laughs) (laughs) I really don't like these movies. The stars of the after series, which is based on a series of uh, young adult novels. Mm. So the stars Josephine Langford and Hero Finds Tiffin announced that the third and fourth movies are officially going into production. I feel like someone somewhere must be interested in this, so there you go. <laughs> Look, I'm sure we've got a, a plethora, a very mixed bag of listeners for this podcast, so surely there's one or two in there. I mean, I love the balls on this piece of news that before the second one's come out, they're like, you know what? We're going to give you the third and fourth and we're going to go out mm-hmm. and tell you about it. I mean, you know, like good for them. <laughs> it's just. How yeah. long can this troubled relationship be dragged out? Oh, my well, God. A- another two movies, apparently. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> We're in for a treat, Lee. So after we collided is in cinemas from September 10. Now, The Godfather Part 3, weirdly, having been 30 years since its release in 1990, has popped up in, in our news schedule again. What's happening with Godfather Part 3? Well, Justice League has opened a can of worms. Now everyone is jumping on the bandwagon to remake their movies. I don't know how I feel about this. So Paramount is releasing a remastered version of The Godfather Part 3 in cinemas later this year, but it's also getting a new edit with a different ending and a new title that honours Francis Ford Coppola's and screenwriter Mario Puzo's original vision. Now, it's a mouthful. Do you want to give us the title? Oh, okay. Thanks for passing the buck for this one. (laughs) So the new title of The Godfather Part 3 is Mario Puzo's The Godfather Coda. The death of Michael Carlone. Now, what I'm concerned with here is, yes, it, it's, I mean, I can understand the wanting to have a do-over if mm. something didn't go right and it was out of your control, like maybe the studios changed 
how it was put out, cut it down, did whatever, as we've seen with the Justice League. But mm. I don't know how to gather my thoughts on this. Like, I, on one hand, I'm like, yeah, go for it. If you want to have a do-over, it's your baby. But on the other hand, it's the move we got. Can we just accept it? Exactly. Look, I am not allergic to a director's cut. I think they've got a place. But I, I am with you, Lee. I do lean into the fact, like, it is what it is, and you need to accept that as the film that was delivered. I think that maybe... There's something in here that the fact that Francis Ford Coppola gave us two of the best films ever made in Godfather part one and part two and part three Mm. kind of suffered on the pressures of the previous two films. So maybe this is his 30 year opportunity to kind of sheen it up a little bit, shine it up and be like, no, this is the film. This is what it should be. This is the one. I don't know. It's almost like trying to erase history Mm. in my sense. Which is dangerous. It is. It's a dangerous slope to go down because I think history should be recognised and learned from. It has its place to erase it and try and bring out a new film. It's not being touted as a director's cut, is it, really? It's like a do-over. It is a do-over. I feel like they ran out of words in the title to also add in director's cut because it goes on for about... (laughs) (laughs) It goes on for a couple of days. So they're like, yeah. yeah. I like the sense that the context of it's a collaboration with the the screenwriter, the fact that Mario Mm. Puzo is like the front of the title. I've never seen that before. So maybe Mm. that's a a good sign as we anticipate this um, new version of part three. Well, look, I'll be very interested in seeing it for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Me too. That's everything for this week on the podcast, Tim. We covered Mulan, which is available for $34.99 on top of your Disney subscription. Yes, through Premiere Access. Now, obviously, Lee and I lent into areas of the film that we absolutely adored and loved cinematically. Uh, we'd be both really intrigued to find out whether you missed the musical element of it or you've loved that they took that risk and reimagined this animated classic. So let us know in across our socials. And that's it for this week. We'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening. Come and join us in the conversation on Facebook. Like our page at Popcorn Podcast AU and follow us on Instagram at Popcorn Podcast. We'd love to hear what you think about these movies. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're 
you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.